Another inspiring podcast. My name is Blake Lindsay, and I hope today you make it a better than good day, as Mr. Ziegler likes to say. I am happy you're here because today Zig will be talking to you about finding and using all of the potential you have inside of you. Do you feel like you are living up to your potential? If you answered yes, then good for you. If you answered no, then take heart because there is still time for you to bring out the best that is within you. Listen closely to what Mr. Ziegler has to say. I'm a foodie and I enjoy learning about the process that brings great foods and beverages from idea to the table. And then I like tasting them and learning the nuances of what creates the most significant tastes from coffee to cheese to distilled beverages. I did a tequila tasting in Mexico and recently bourbon, Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon really impressed me from the story to the taste. I grew up in Kentucky where horse racing and bourbon are famous and I got introduced to Heaven Hill bottled in bond bourbon. It's produced by Heaven Hill Distillery, which has been and still remains family owned since 1935. And I'm impressed with the bourbon's ultra rich, smooth taste. And right on the bottle, it states that this bourbon is seven years old, which is actually three times longer than what's required to be certified as bottled in bond. I feel with beverages, the longer the prep, the better the taste. Being a bottled in bond product means it must pass a list of seven requirements that set the standard for this quality bourbon. So look for it at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely and drink wisely. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Around the turn of the century down in South Texas, just outside of Beaumont, there was a farmer selling much of his land. He was having to sell it simply because times were so tough he couldn't feed his family. One day an oil company representative came along and said, Sir, you know, we think there might be oil on your property. Let us drill for it, and if we discover any, we'll pay you royalties on every barrel that we pump out. Well, he had nothing to lose, a great deal to gain, so he said, let's do it. Well, they drilled for the oil, and in those days, the derricks were made out of wood. And when they had a gusher, the gusher literally destroyed the derrick. And the greater the destruction, the greater the excitement, because that meant an abundance of oil underneath. When this oil well came in, it literally obliterated the derrick, And before they could cap it, over 100,000 barrels of oil had flowed out. It was the world's introduction to Spindletop, the most productive oil well in history. Three oil companies uh, came out of that field. The man became an instant millionaire. Or did he? The reality is he'd been a multimillionaire ever since he had acquired the property. But until they drilled for the oil, discovered it, brought it to the surface, and took it to the marketplace, it really had no value. I found a lot of people pretty much that way. They've got an awful lot underneath the surface, but until they bring it out and take it to the marketplace, 
they will never realize even a minute fraction of the benefits that they could bring themselves, their families, their friends, their community, and everyone else. The purpose of Strategies for Success is to share with you how do we discover the oil, how do we bring it to the surface, how do we take it to the marketplace, how can we learn to be so that we can do and do so that we can have. A few years ago, the redhead and I, now, some of you know that when I talk about my wife, I always call her the redhead. She's a decided redhead. I mean, one day she just decided that she was going to be a redhead. But when I talk about her, I call her the redhead. When I'm talking to her, it's sugar baby. And her name is Jean. We went into one of the shopping centers to get a pair of glare-proof glasses. A young man came up to us and said, usual question, may I help you? And I said, yes, I'm looking for a pair of those glare-proof glasses. And he said, well, are you a photographer? I said, no. He said, are you a producer? I said, no. He said, well, what are you? I said, I'm a speaker. He said, well, what do you talk about? I said, well, goal setting, self-image, winning relationships, uh, leadership, uh, things of that nature. He, he said, oh, kind of like Zig Ziglar. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, well, sort of. <laughs> and the redhead pointed at me and she said, this is Zig Ziglar. Well, as a very astute young man, he backed up just a minute or two and looked me over real good, and he said, oh, no. He said, this is not Zig Ziglar. I've seen him on videotapes, and he's always jumping up and down. You know, no, this is not Zig Ziglar. And so I said to her, I said, you see, sweetheart, I told you we couldn't fool this young man. He's probably looking for some 40 or 50-year-old codger, and he saw us youngsters walk in here, and he knew I could never be Zig Ziglar. And the young man said, that's right. Well, we went through the transaction, you know, and uh, got to the area where we had to sign your name and surrender some money. And uh, he said, now, what is your name? And I said, well, I spell it Z-I-G-L-A-R. And he backed up a step. He said, you are Zig Ziglar. I said, yeah, I have been for a long time. <laughs> now, the point I want to make is a very important one. You see, the young man had a picture of me. And the picture, as far as it went, was accurate because on occasion I do jump up and down. The redhead said, I get excited reading the phone book. I mean, I, I, I really, that's my nature. But his picture was so narrow and so shallow, it didn't even begin to give a picture that was true or representative. I find that most people have pictures of themselves which are so narrow and so shallow that it really has nothing to do with who they are and what they're capable of being. You see, so many people have been told so many times for so long what they can't do. They have no idea what they can do. They don't have any earthly idea what they really want out of life because they don't know what's available to them. I could see where this gentleman could get it, and I could see where this lady could have it, and I could see where that lady and this guy could have it, but poor little old me, I could never have those things. What we got to work on is having the right picture of ourselves so that we can use the ability which we have. A number of years ago, a young depressed housewife was out in West Texas. It was one of those cold days. The wind was blowing. The dust was coming in all over the place. And, and she was feeling down and depressed and miserable. So miserable at a fact that uh, she decided that she didn't like where she was and she was going to do something about it. Uh, so what she did, she made a very basic decision. Now I call this misery motivation. 
she was so unhappy, I'm going to do something about it. But 1LT, the lady I'm talking about, determined she was going to do something. So she got busy. She went down to a bookstore and bought a whole bunch of books. I mean, she started reading and reading and reading. And she started getting enthused and motivated about what life really did have to offer. In other words, she had made the first step. She had taken the first one. Joe Saba, who is a speaker friend of mine, says that you don't have to be great to start, but you got to start to be great. And she was reading those books for about six months, and one day uh, she went back down to the store and she picked up another book. As a matter of fact, it was on June 18, 1977. She picked up a book called See You at the Top. And she read something in there about some of the philosophies we'll be discussing throughout Strategies for Success. She read something there that really grabbed her. And she, what the statement really was, was, well, you know, the person uh, who can't read really is just as well off as the person who does read, but then does nothing about it. She decided that she was going to get busy. She called the office. She talked with my executive assistant, Laura Majors, found out where I was going to be speaking, went to the session, and her fire was really lit. I mean, she was excited. She was motivated. She made a decision that day, and she decided she was going to take some action. She decided that she wanted to become a sponsor, sponsoring seminars around this country. She had gone from a depressed housewife to a lady who who was a determined individual who could do a lot of things. It's not that she was not happy being a housewife, but she was unhappy with herself and what she was using as far as her abilities were concerned. When she made that little change, it was really very significant. Jerry Lynch, Ph.D., wrote a book, and the title of the book was in Runner's World, actually. He said, when you believe and think, I can, you activate your motivation, your commitment, your confidence, your concentration and excitement, all of which relate directly to achievement. Wonderful place to start. And so she got that start, and she ended up sponsoring over 200 seminars in 43 cities around this country. I was privileged to be a part of many of those seminars, most of them, as a matter of fact. Hundreds of thousands of people attended them. She had a chance to study speakers, which ones reached the audience properly, which ones had a message, which one really did the job, and which ones were consistent in their lifestyles. And then she realized that a lot of them had a good message but didn't know how to deliver it. A lot of them had some good qualities, but didn't know how to market those qualities. And so she made a big decision. She decided, I'm going to become a coach. I'm going to open my own business this way. I'm going to become a coach and teach these teachers. The people who are teaching others, I want to teach them. The bottom line is today, this lady who was depressed a few years ago is today one of the most motivated, excited, enthusiastic people you'll ever see. And she's teaching numbers of people how to share the concepts. See, she believes that you can have everything in life that you want if you will just help enough other people get what they want. And you're going to hear me say that a number of times. It works in your personal life, it works in your family life, and it also works in your business life. But it all starts with you. I'll say this a number of times. You've got to be before you can do. You've got to do before you can have. You've got to be the right kind of person. You've got to do the right things in order to have all that life has to offer. 
that is some good stuff. I hope you did not miss the powerful quote Zig uses that says you don't have to be great to start, but you do have to start to be great. What can you start today that'll take you on an exciting journey of self-discovery? I want to encourage you to look within yourself and bring out all the potential you possess. Your family, your business, and your friends will all benefit from this process of self-discovery. Remember to live your life to the fullest. I'm Blake Lindsay, looking forward to being back next week with another inspiring podcast. From Ziggler.com, thank you for telling somebody. Ziggler.